Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Happiness in Higher Ed. Uh, once again, my name is John Hill, and we have an amazing guest tonight. Uh, the first person that I chose to be on this podcast is Jeff Dijon VA. Uh, and real quickly, before we get into uh, introducing Jeff, uh, I just want to read off our mission statement. Uh, so in a world that can be engulfed in darkness, we must shine bright and lead the change for a better future. As we continue to shape and challenge emerging adults' mind, minds, it is also our duty to reflect and remember what makes us happy and why we continue to do the work we do. So like I said, this is Jeff Dijonvier. I'm going to read his bio real quickly. So Jeff grew up in the good old GP or Grants Pass, Oregon. He graduated with a bachelor's of science and earth science with a climate science option from Oregon State University and journeyed all the way to Western Illinois University for his master degree, master's degree in college student personnel. After grad school, Jeff secured a job at the University of Wyoming and the College of Business as a career advising coordinator. Jeff enjoys spending his free time with friends, going on walks, playing video games with the homies, uh, talking politics slash climate science, and his weekly bros and brews meeting with his coolest friend, John Hill. Oh, well, look at that's me. Okay, so <laughs> Jeff, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, you did a pretty good job of it, but uh, I'm Jeff DeJanvier. It's great to be here. Nice, nice. So Jeff told me that he just wants to dive right into the questions. So we are gonna get we are gonna get get going. So we have I'm five get questions. Right to the kind of person. Yep, yep. We have five questions for him. So here we go. Jeff, first question: What was the reason you started to pursue a career in higher education? It was very random. I was studying climate science at Oregon State University, and I was an RA, and I was really involved in other activities, so like clubs and. Um, I had done some work with orientation and enrollment, and um, I was beginning to be question that I actually liked climate science as like a potential career field. It was really technical. It was full of a lot of math and coding that I just was not good at, <laughs> but I enjoyed more of the, the social aspect of climate change where you talk about like, for example, the disproportionate impacts of climate change and natural disasters on um, people of color, particularly in um, impoverished, uh, low-income neighborhoods, um, and trying to find solutions for our increasing carbon um, PP, is it PP? PPM, parts per million. Um, <laughs> That's gonna be a sound bit for whoever wants it. <laughs> and um, so when I was in one of my one-on-ones with one of my supervisors, um, when I was an RA, as I had said, um, I was kind of expressing this and he was just, he was currently a grad student um, in the Oregon State's higher education program. And he asked if I had ever thought of it. And I said, no, I had never thought of it. Um, I didn't even know it was really a thing. I thought that he was studying something else. So <laughs> that's when he basically kind of told me about his program. And I'm like, I'm going to do the program in Oregon State. Well, I did not get in. But, <laughs> but that's not what the world had for me. But yeah. So then I like looked more into it. And I saw the different kinds of things you can do in higher ed that were not housing. And that really intrigued me because... At first, of course, I was like, oh, it has to be housing. And I even went into my interviews being like, I'm going to do housing. Housing's the only thing I'm going to ever enjoy or ever want to do. 
And then when I met the housing people, I was like, no, no, housing's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, seeing all the options. And after that, I kind of committed when I got a master's degree right away after, after undergrad. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I know. I, I was in a similar situation. I just went coming out of undergrad. I was like, housing is going to be the thing for me when I pursued my my master's degree. Um, also at Western Illinois University, you know, we were co we were co- uh, in the same cohort. We were also uh, roommates. Yes, we were also roommates. Yes, he is one of one of two of the homies from uh, Macomb, Illinois, four thirty number four. Um, but yeah, no, I also was like, housing is going to be it. And then I, then I got to, uh, then I got to those interview days and decided that there was other things and more options, you know? So, but yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing. So the second question that I have for you, and this is a loaded question because it's going to be one for higher ed and then one also personal. So what makes you happy? It's kind of the overall arching theme here of this whole podcast. So I think this is going to sound surprising because I'm a very introverted and reserved person, but I think it's some of the connections that I formed um, in higher ed. That's my answer for higher ed. I think I have met some really cool people um, by working at different universities and you meet people who are on completely different journeys. And that's something I love about career services is like, I can interact with someone who's doing something I would never want to do but that's what they want to do. And, you know, I've met a student who wants to be the president of the United States. And she is, she knows exactly what number she's going to be. I don't remember what it is. I think it's like, she wants to be the 53rd or something because that's when she can be president. But she wants to go to law school to become a Senator to do that path. Like that's, that's her dream and her goal. And she wants to be the first black woman president. I don't know if she'll be the first, hopefully we'll, Kamala Harris I enjoy her but um this is not a political podcast so you know and I've also met students who they just want to come to the United States and work here you know it's been a dream of theirs just to get here and when they're a student there's all these barriers that prevent them from staying after graduation and you know I was talking to a student when I was working in Texas about you know he couldn't get in here for undergrad, but he got here for graduate school and he really wants to stay here, but it's really hard in certain industries to find a job that will give you the authorization to stay here. And so just meeting people from all walks of life, from all over the country, um, I have, I know people in, I don't wanna say all states because I don't, but a lot of states, probably in the thirties, um, I'm assuming at some point that'll be really close to 50. Um, and yeah, I think that just hearing people's stories is what makes me happy. And a personal one is probably, this is also going to sound really nerdy. Um, I have been maintaining this, it's called a complete Pokedex in the Pokemon game. John's laughing because he knows what it is um since 2007 and I have successfully maintained it when they introduced new Pokemon sometimes honestly that's why I bought the last game was just to maintain it that's like the worst $50 I've ever spent it's not a great game but I needed to get those Pokemon to add to my collection so I didn't feel like a fraud so (laughs) um and now I'm working on expanding it to be way more extra and way more specific 
And I'm certain John would love for me to talk about that, but that's not, this is not a Pokemon podcast. Um, I'm certain he would also nerd out about it with me because he also enjoys Pokemon. I'm outing him if no one else knows. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and I feel like looking at that also just makes me really happy. There's some Pokemon in there that have gone through literally since I've had a Game Boy in the early 2000s. I want to say 2003 is my earliest Pokemon because the games before that you couldn't transfer up. Um, I have like four that have transferred from my original Game Boy game, which I don't even own anymore. I don't know where it is, but they somehow made it to my Nintendo Switch. They've gone through four consoles and somehow they still ended up there and they're not even good Pokemon. (laughs) They're just, um, you know, they're, they're not even that great there. I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe that I still have this. Um, one of them I think is a Ludicolo which is a fun one but he's for, for our audience members i don't know what ludicolo is it's a dancing pineapple um it's pretty it's pretty neat um mm. and yes thank you thank you jeff for for outing me for everyone that doesn't know uh, i also am into pokemon and that's actually one of the reasons uh why jeff and i got really close in grad school is because we would go on pokey walks um because we both play pokemon go and it was just a, a great way to exercise as well as you know, just talk about school, um, our assistantships that we had, you know, life, anything, plans afterwards. So, yeah. We had, oh, we had very defined routes. It was really interesting. You could probably predict where we were going to go based off of one turn. And that was um, at the gym, right? If we went and went yeah. down the street towards Thompson, we would go up the street. And then, we, or if we turned and walked through campus in the quad, then we would go a different route but we always looped back yep well because i mean i mean for those of our for anyone that's listening to this that doesn't necessarily have ever been to macomb illinois um it is probably a two squat two mile square radius of town so um it's very easy to pick up on patterns because it's you can't really choose a whole lot of options so yeah and it was either that or the square in the main part of town that you would play at yeah but yeah Pokemon Go also makes me happy, but I'm not very happy with the game right now um, because they are not releasing. Well, they just announced one that I'm excited for, but the past couple of months, the content updates have not been that great. John would agree. I would also, yes, speaking, uh, John speaking for John here, I would also agree with Jeff um, that they've been lagging a little bit. But once again, we're not part of that conversation and we're out of that table. So here we are. But well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And no, I appreciate that um, with that connection piece from, you know, having a, a broad and uh, a broad network, as well as talking to individuals that have those, you know, really amazing career aspirations and being able to be a part of that, like even if it's the first step or the third step or whatever many steps that you were a part of that journey, that's awesome. As well as, you know, completing that Pokédex, I commend you and Good luck as you know they or as they increase more Pokemon and release more games. So cool. So the next question that I have for you is what keeps you resilient in the face of some of the challenges you faced? Um, you know, working in higher ed, you know, especially like with COVID-19 and the impacts due to like budget cuts, you know, stress from the pandemic, just being a human being and living through this. Um, and a lot of other factors that I'm not gonna touch on. But Jeff, what about what you got? This question's 
a difficult one for me because I don't know how I'm resilient. I think that resiliency is not necessarily to me something that I can define how I am or how I keep, I, I maintain that. I think it's just something where, you know, when something happens, I don't know how I'm going to react. And most of the, it, it, I always get through it. Clearly I'm still here, but um, I think that resiliency is just something that I, I just don't think that it's something that you can like develop in any way. It's just something that happens. And like at Western Illinois, I was kind of screwed over during budget cuts. Um, and I don't know how I maintained resiliency. And I had a really difficult time towards the be- probably the beginning of fourth semester. John knows I was not a nice person for a while. <laughs> and I, I think that, that, that it's more of like, how do you cope? I think that that's a better way of saying it. Cause like, I think that, you know, sometimes like I can admit I have cried before during the pandemic a strange amount more than I have in my normal life. Usually I'm a really like, I appear to be emotionless unless I'm talking to you or I really know you. Um, that's a defense mechanism I have. So, you know, cause I don't want people making assumptions about how I feel or what I'm thinking. But yeah, I think that, that I cope. I, I want to say that that's, you know, and, you know, I cope in life. I've coped my entire life. Um, I just try to get through it. Mm-hmm. Is it healthy? I don't know. Probably not. But you know, it is. Well, would you? Uh, what would you say would be like your your go to coping strategy? Healthy oh. or unhealthy? If it's unhealthy, one hundred percent, I isolate myself. Like I almost swore. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was told to not swear, um, <laughs> but. Um, like I isolate myself and that's not a healthy thing. And then I shut out the people who I like truly care about me and I don't explain why. And I just ignore people and it's really bad. I've ignored John before. I've ignored my sister before. I've ignored my mom before. I've ignored my other friends, like, you know, and, you know, and then they sit there and they're like, what did I do wrong? And then I sit there being like, whether or not it's valid or not, like it's just how I cope and I just like like yeah I just shut myself off it's really unhealthy but I think the pandemic is changing that though because this has been one of the loneliest times of my life and I think for a lot of people out there too this has been the loneliest experience of their life and I'm just getting back to working in person which I'll talk about later but um I think that now I'm like sitting here, like basically forced to be shut off from other people, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to shut off from people anymore. I don't want to shut off from the people I care about because, you know, living in a town where I don't know people and I don't necessarily mesh with the climate and the energy that the town and the space has like is really isolating. So I think 
that I'll do anything to not isolate. So I'm interested to see what my next coping mechanism is going to be. Hopefully it's healthy. <laughs> okay. Got you. Nice. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I appreciate you being vulnerable. Like that was probably pretty vulnerable for you. I mean, no, me knowing you, I, I'm assuming that was pretty getting to a deeper point of the vulnerability that you have. Um, and I would even, yeah, I think that resiliency for me, when I think about like being resilient is that it's kind of like a flashy word, kind of like self-care when self-care came out, that it was just kind of like, we, we use that term to like throw out there, but we don't actually really like define it and talk through what like resiliency is. And I think that resiliency is having the ability to, you know, sit with those like uncomfortable feelings and then like, how are you going to bounce back? So like, like you said, like using those coping strategies, you know, and finding, you know, it might not be healthy right now, but you know, you're eventually going to, to work on that in the face of being resilient to get those healthy coping strategies. You know, it's not like it's one day, you know? Well, and I would also argue that I think that resiliency and self-care are different in a sense because self-care is meant typically to be positive and I feel like resiliency can have a positive or negative impact on you and I think that because when you talk about resiliency you talk about people who endure horrendous things sometimes you you say how were they so resilient you know how you know when their plane crashed how are they so resilient you know to survive when their you know entire body was burned like or you know, when they got some horrible illness that took away a lot from their life, like, you know, and I think resiliency is just getting through it. Mm -hmm. And I think getting through it can be a positive or a negative experience for someone. Just a challenge on John, because he loves to challenge me in our day on our, in our chats. So Yes, during our during our bros and brews session, we definitely uh, love to play devil's advocates for one another. Um, and as you can see, I am more of a devil more of a devil's advocate than Jeff is. So of course, during the first episode of in, uh, Happiness in Higher Ed, of course you would you would do that. So I, I appreciate that. Point though. for goof. Point for goof. Yes. <laughs> so moving on to our next question. Uh, so what are some of the ways that you practice self care to stay on top of your A game? Like I said before, my personal thing that makes me happy is that the Pokemon thing I was talking about. And I think just video games in general make me really happy. Um, I tend to play a lot of, um, like I like to play the games that Nintendo tends to release. Um, I'm not a Zelda fan, so don't come at me, but um, <laughs> Like, I really like, um, I've been playing Super Mario 3D World um, a couple months ago. And it's also, you know, a way for me to stay in contact with some people I really care about. Like, for example, I play Pokemon Go with John and every month there's a community day where there's one Pokemon that just spawns everywhere. And it's for a limited, it's for a couple hours. And John and I usually talk on the phone. Um, and then catch them and we then compared who gets more shinies which are different colored pokemon and they're less they're really rare john almost always wins i think i won once i i don't remember which one but i think i won one of them i mean i wouldn't get too cocky over there because i don't remember oh i won that, the abra one didn't i for the purposes of this episode yes jeff you won <laughs> that means john won't admit it 
<laughs> but, um, but I talk to my sister like almost every day. That's another form of self-care. Um, it's interesting because me and my sister weren't super close when we were kids, but we lived, a, we had a very similar lived experience growing up as siblings tend to do. And that brought us closer when we became adults um, because we were able to be there for each other. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. Um, I know some people just aren't as close to siblings or they're the odd one out or whatever, but um, me and my sister, it's weird if I don't talk to her every day. I talked to her twice today on FaceTime during work. I probably shouldn't admit that, but my boss knows. Um, <laughs> she has caught me FaceTiming my sister more than once. And <laughs> I'm like, okay. But um, yeah, she's, we, we, we always want to like either complain to each other or we, you know, share victories or we ask for help. Like Olivia needed tech help the other day you know, or I needed her to help me problem solve an issue I was having at work. Um, you know, just those things. Um, that's kind of self-care, but it's also just the way that I function. But, um, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I mean, I, I have certain shows that I like to watch um, and I hate rewatching shows. So I'm not one of those people who's like this specific show is my self-care because I just can't. I try to rewatch Parks and Rec because it's one of my favorite shows and I literally couldn't handle it. I, I, I applaud people who can. I have a really hard time with that and I have a really hard time watching movies. John knows he got me to watch all the Marvel movies and I struggled during some of them. So can, can confirm to everyone. Yes, it was a struggle sometimes. Yeah, but I think that those are my self-care. I mean, certain there's other things. I mean, I like buying things, but I also like throwing <laughs> things away. So it's kind of like, do I like going out and buying stuff and then throwing it away like two weeks later? I don't know. But, you know, I get this like massive rush when I buy something, but then I also get a massive rush when I like throw out a bunch of crap that I've been storing in my apartment. I'll just randomly one day be like, I don't want to see this anymore. And then I'll throw it away. And, you know, it's, it's very odd because normally people are either a shopper or a throwawayer. I feel like I'm kind of both. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, yeah, no, I, yeah, there's some awesome, awesome. I mean, I don't necessarily know the the throwing throwing something away and then buying or buying something, and throwing it away, or like how that works. I'm not saying that I buy something well, and then throw it away immediately. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just, just saying like I enjoy both of those acts. And got you. Sometimes, not usually, but like when I I love going and like for instance buying hand soap, and then I love when I finish the bottle and throwing it away. It's it's like one of the I don't even know how to explain it. And then I get to start the new bottle. <laughs> it's and just, it, it, it's quite weird. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a point of happiness for you as, as you can see, cause you got, you got a little, you got a little excited there when you're like, we get to throw it away. So, yes, but um, nice. So the last question that I have for you um, is what is one piece of advice you live by in your practice? That could have been something you read, you heard a mentor told you, you heard from me. It's okay. You can say it. 
I have more than one piece of advice. So I'm going to ignore you saying one. Um, okay, that's totally fine. <laughs> so one thing that I learned, and I don't even know if this was like intended to be this way, but when I was doing my internship in Texas, my supervisor, Ryan, told me that when you supervise professional staff, you should do the one-on-ones in their office. And that's what he did. He like would come to my office and he supervised some other professional staff. So he would go to them into their office and it was residence life. So it wasn't in his building even. He had to like, cause I feel like with for how my office is set up, it's really easy. Cause my boss is literally the office next door to me, but he would like cross campus borderline to go sit and meet with his people. And I, I, I've always thought of that. And I've been like, I will do that. Like it definitely was like, you know, cause it was like my space. And sometimes when you meet with a supervisor, it can be kind of stressful. It shouldn't be, but it can be, especially when you're new. And I feel like that just eliminated that barrier. So I don't know if that's advice or just something I'm going to do, but um, that's one. And then the other one is interact with your coworkers. Um, that's something that I took for granted in grad school when you're literally going to class and working with and living with and having a social life. Literally every aspect of your life is consumed with these like 20 people. <laughs> and that's all you do all day long is you see their faces, you hear their voices, you hear that you, you know their existence is there. There's like almost no break from them. So, you know, and then the pandemic happened and a lot of my classmates didn't even come back like until later. They just stayed at home, which is totally fine. I didn't because um, I didn't go home for spring break. Um, and, you know, and like my roommate, John, didn't either, who obviously is here. Um, and, you know, it was just really weird that like all of a sudden one day they were just gone. Like we didn't even have a chance to say goodbye. You know, we didn't have that graduation, you know, because we, we were the class of 2020. So you know, that was a really hard one because the pandemic was so new that no one knew how to like work around it. So that's something that, and then when I've been working here since May, so um, it's actually been 11 and a half months um, just for the purposes for people listening whenever you do. Um, And I had not met most of my coworkers in person until two weeks ago. And you know, I met them on Zoom, but when you're working on Zoom and you have zero connection with these other coworkers, you have no reason to like face, like face, that's a weird way of saying Zoom. I was going to say face message, <laughs> owning that. I mean, if anyone so, wants to coin that um, and start a start an app, there you go. Jeff, Jeff right. can give you some more details about that. Um, we were, fa- you know, you can't face message people like via Zoom. Um, when you don't know them, it's kind of weird. And I'm not an outgoing extroverted person. So for me, I'm not usually going to be the one to engage in that. Other people need to engage me first. And like, I'll totally go and talk to people. It's just that, like, I just never feel this desire to talk to someone. I'm never like, oh my God, I have to talk to this person I don't know. So like some of my coworkers did, but we've, we like zoomed once and we got to know each other, but not super well. And like, you just see like their shoulders and up, like, mm-hmm. and when I met them in person, I will, I will tell you right now, I'm six foot three and over half of them were like, I was not expecting you to be that tall. And 
or, you know, you're taller than I thought, or you're very tall. And I'm like, I'm not very tall. I'm just tall. Like very tall is like six, five and over to me, but I've also been over six foot since middle school. So, you know, but, you know, but I've also, long story short, don't take your coworkers for granted. Um, Interact with them. Like, I understand you're not going to be best friends with all of them. Like, I don't know if I will either, but like, I have plans now where I'm actually going to do social things with my coworkers. They're the first people I'm going to be social with in this, in like Laramie since I've moved here. And that's huge for me. Like, you know, cause like I said, I just like, I'm a homebody. So like I hang out at home. It's not like I'm going to go join some sort of group in town where I don't, where I don't know anyone and meet a bunch of people and then hang out with them. Or, you know, I'm not going to be just hanging out in town somewhere or, you know, I'm not, I'm not really into athletics or the outdoors. Um, And so, you know, I think that's also limiting, especially in Wyoming where everyone's outdoorsy, Mm -hmm. outdoorsy. Most people are, I shouldn't say everyone, most people are outdoorsy, you know, and then they talk about like, what's my favorite hiking trail? And I don't have a favorite hiking trail. So you know, that's been a struggle, but, you know, that's something that I'm looking forward to now. Um, I'm trying not to scare them. I'm not, you know, being like, you're the first person I've interacted with in person in a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my second piece of advice. And I have a third piece of advice because I'm definitely violating John's rules right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I said 20 20 to 25 minutes and Jeff's over here like I'm gonna push 40 everyone for the first episode you know what I don't care okay all right that's fine you know I am willing and able to do this (laughs) I'm going to say my piece (laughs) so my third piece of advice is to like make your office feel like your space I feel like there's so many times where even if you share it like own that like I've always had a bunch of random trinkets and um currently because I'm working well I'm not working from home really anymore but most of the trinkets are at home because they were in my home office I'm trying to figure out where I want to put them at work plus they're going to be doing some more renovating in my office and I'm like why'd they have me come back if they're going to renovate my office soon but that's a whole nother thing um but you know and it's like, I don't care if people are like, why do you have this like random pop of a horse? I'm like, that's little Sebastian from Parks and Rec. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I don't really care about your opinions on that because it brings me happiness. And, mm-hmm. you know, then a lot of the things I've accumulated are really random, but they were gifts from people. A lot of them were actually gifts from students who, you know, I made such an impact on them that they chose to give me something even if it's something really small, like I had a student make me a friendship bracelet and you know what, that friendship bracelet is sitting on the shelf in my office because it reminds me of her and the student who wants to be the president someday wrote me a card. And when I was about to leave, um, and I have that card and it's in my office and, you know, she explicitly states that she wants to be the president in the card. And I'm like, I knew you would say that in the card. Um, if I had it with me right here, I would tell you what president she wants to be, but that's a whole nother thing, but just like own that space because it's yours. Like, I know a lot of people 
are afraid to put things in their office because of perceptions and professionalism. And you know what? I work in career services. I have been fiddling with something and I just dropped it. So if you heard that noise, that's what it is. Um, Cause I'm a, I'm a fiddler. Um, <laughs> but like, I know that there was this huge thing at um, a career services meeting that I was attending for the regions of Wyoming and Colorado. Cause Wyoming has one four-year university in the whole state. So we just do everything with Colorado. So we get other perspectives and um, they, there was this big thing about keeping things in your office that would give perceptions of you to other people. And I'm like, but that's what everything does. If you have nothing in your office, people are gonna perceive you as either boring or protective of your identity. And I'm like, I'd rather have people walk into my office and know exactly who I am and what I'm about. Like, it's not like I'm, displaying anything offensive I'm just displaying like little trinkets mostly like I think that there's a difference between offensive things don't 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 think I'm endorsing that but like you know if you want to put some obscure video game character plushie in your office do it like like that is something that you enjoy and that brings you happiness like Mm -hmm. for me I don't know if John's gonna actually be showing this but I have um, this right here that I keep in my office. And this is um, like a Mickey, obviously Mickey Mouse because of the ears, but this was a gift for me from, I, th- I think my stepdad, I'm pretty confident it's my stepdad, but I mean, it might be my mom, but I'm 90% sure it's David. But he gave me this because um, me and my sister could not go to Disney World with them when we were younger. And, um, and this is the mayor from the nightmare before Christmas, which is one of my favorite movies. And I keep this in my office and it looks kind of like stupid. If you don't know what it is, you're like, what is that? You get the Mickey Mouse ear part, but like, it also has a rotating head. And you're like, what is that? But you know what? Who cares? So that's what I have to say. Sorry, I took all of that stuff up and made it all about me, but this podcast is all about me. So yes, this episode is about all about you, Jeff, and your happiness. And I, I don't have sure. that many opportunities to make it all about me. So where I don't feel unbelievably guilty about it. So <laughs> and I appreciate you for doing this for me. So you can you took up as much space as you needed and you wanted, and I appreciate that. So. Yes. But uh, with that, we wrap up our first episode of uh, Happiness in High Red. So uh, thank you all for, uh, if you watched it all the way through, we appreciate you. If you watched a couple minutes of it, we also appreciate you. Um, if they only listened to a couple minutes, they wouldn't be here. That's, that's true. But I mean, maybe they, maybe they skipped to the end. Maybe. maybe skip to the end. Sorry to interrupt you there. <laughs> Good point, Jeff. But yeah, so just remember if you um, if you're a fan or like our podcast or my podcast, uh, just remember to like like and subscribe to our channel as well as follow us on Instagram. It is um, inside higher ed. In between every every word is an underscore. So, but no, thank you all for watching, and I hope you all have a good rest of your day.